What do Tucker Carlson, Guy Swan, and Vladimir Putin have in common? They were all talking about Bitcoin this week. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome back to the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022, and that means it is DCA Wednesday. Real quick, a look at the vital statistics. Well, since we spoke last time, Bitcoin is up significantly, currently ringing in at $44,230 or 2,261 sats per cut buck. We are right now at a block height of 722,558. And we are still uh, 91 days off from Bitcoin's all-time high, but now we're only down by 35.9%. So uh, we're obviously not anywhere near the all-time high, but we are looking pretty good, especially considering we never broke 20,000 until just a little over a year ago, the first time right around Christmas 2020. So... Uh, that's looking really, really favorable in my humble opinion. Bitcoin on-chain activity is up quite a bit since last week. Well, depending on what statistic you look at. Currently, it's going to take 17 blocks for the mempool to clear, although one sat per byte transactions will still clear if you're willing to wait a little while. The 24-hour transaction rate is down just a tiny bit. Last week, it was averaging 3.16 transactions per second, and right now we're 3.09 transactions per second. Uh, there are only about 7,000 transactions in the mempool, so for it to take 17 blocks to clear, that means a lot of those transactions are really, really big. Um, but 3.09 transactions per second is still a decent amount of activity. As you know, if you've been listening, um, I like to see it above 3 for it to be healthy. It tends to dip down below 3 on the weekends, and of course, on the weekends, we tend to see a lot of, volatil uh, a lot of volatility. I like to term the Sunday Night Massacre which usually really happens late Friday, early Sunday morning uh, when uh, you see the really, really low transaction rates. Uh, that's when Bitcoin tends to either shoot up or drop, oftentimes drop. Um, at least that's what I have noticed. Uh, <clears throat> it didn't happen this weekend, though, and that is really cool. So uh, things are looking up. We're looking about a downward we're looking at a downward difficulty adjustment coming up in a little over a week a little over eight days from now depending on where you look um one source says it's going to be a negative 0.3 percent adjustment and another source that says it's going to be as much as a negative 3.5 percent adjustment and that's because blocks are currently taking about 10 minutes and 21 seconds on average to come in uh real quick in the news well of course i I have, I'm having a hard time coming up with, with what's going to be the story of the week because just uh, just two days ago, the story of the week easily would have been the Canadian uh, Freedom Trucker, the Canadian Convoy, the trucker protest in Ottawa. 
And that, of course, because GoFundMe basically yoinked their money, uh, in my opinion, outright stole their money because uh, the people that donated that $10 million to the Canadian Freedom Truckers did not intend for that money to go anywhere else. And I think uh, when GoFundMe said that they're going to uh, send that money to other reputable charities instead, in my opinion, that that's that's straight up theft. Um, but you know, I'm not an alert, I'm not a lawyer and I don't know what GoFundMe's terms and services are because I don't like GoFundMe in the first place. Uh, so of course, uh, Bitcoin to the rescue, right? And last night or the other night, Tucker Carlson was on Fox news, basically saying Bitcoin fixes this, espousing the effort through Tallycoin, uh, to raise Bitcoin for the Canadian protest, uh, the Canadian trucker protest instead uh, and they've already raised well over $2 million uh, in Bitcoin for the Canadian trucker protest that will be going exactly where it's intended because you cannot censor Bitcoin. You can't take Bitcoin away from them. And Tucker Carlson was espousing that on Fox News. Adam Meister tweeted uh, about two days ago now that this should be the story of the year. He did about a one or two minute short video uh, talking about it and pointing out that Coindesk and the quote-unquote legacy crypto media is still completely ignoring the story. And I just scrolled through Coindesk about one minute ago, and I still can't find any reference to this story on freaking Coindesk of all places, ignoring what should be the Bitcoin story of the century. I mean, most people in oppressive regimes already know that you know, that you don't have to explain to them why Bitcoin is important. The uncensorable, unconfiscatable aspect of Bitcoin is glaringly obvious to them. But until just recently in Canada, places like the United States and Europe, you didn't have to think about that. But protesters in Canada just had $10 million stolen from them at the, bequest, at the, the request of the Ottawa Police Department and the Canadian government. And uh, that, I think, has been a major wake-up call I've seen video snippets and tweets from truckers and people talking to truckers at the protest crying, basically, or saying um, the minute that they realize that Bitcoin can't take, uh, can't be taken from them, basically, holy bleep, etc., that they were just amazed, clearly, immediately and instantaneously orange-pilled. So, um, you know, Canada isn't the world and people in the United States tend to think only in terms of what's going on in the United States. I'm assuming the same thing happens in other countries, so uh, you don't you, your, your perspective is formed on your bubble or on on, on, on on what you experience day to day. And you don't often think about the poor people in places like Africa or El Salvador when you're forming your opinions. So Bitcoin just smacked some people upside the head in Canada in a major orange pilling wake-up call. And that is really, really cool. As I referenced in my, openings, uh, in my little opening spiel, uh, Russia is... Um, had a major reversal, of course. If you recall, just two weeks ago, Russia announced that they were going to flat-out ban cryptocurrency, make mining illegal, etc. And then just yesterday, the breaking news was that Russia and the Russian banks have reached an agreement to treat Bitcoin as currency. Reaction has been mixed on this. One response to a tweet that we had put out said basically that that's not the best role model. It's kind of like something to the extent of kind of like drug cartels and the mafia embracing Bitcoin. And my point is that this is a this is a this is an admission of defeat on behalf of the Russian government that their ban on bitcoin was doomed to fail they know it's doomed to fail and so it's almost like if you can't beat them join them plus 
we've always said Bitcoin is for enemies because Bitcoin is for everyone. If your enemies can't use Bitcoin, then no one can use Bitcoin. That is the whole point. Anyone can use Bitcoin and nobody can do anything about it. So it will remain, it will remain to be seen that you never trust what Vladimir Putin has to say, but uh, it's a lot better than him saying he's going to ban it if it's just a publicity stunt or if he's trying to use it to get around potential U.S. sanctions, you know, based on whatever happens in Ukraine. Uh, who knows? But the point being, it, it, it emphasizes once again, Bitcoin's unconfiscatable and uncensorship you know, and, and being unconfiscatable and uncensorable at censorship resistance, just like the GoFundMe and the TallyCoin response did uh, with the Canadian Freedom Truckers. I also pointed out Guy Swan. Um, if you do not follow Guy Swan's Bitcoin Audible podcast, you really should. He has some fantastic reads uh, there's a lot of great Bitcoin articles and substacks out there that I don't have time to read. And so it's nice to have them read to you. You know, Audible's really popular for a reason. Uh, you know, it's nice to listen to a book instead of have to read it when you're driving across country or when you're, you know, at the gym or whatever. And you just can, you know, you can you can have that stuff read to you instead of trying to read on a exercise bike or a treadmill or wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And he always gives his guys take at the end. And this last read basically um, was about money and power and how fiat currency is basically the root of political corruption because once fiat money existed, you didn't have a cost to creating new money. You didn't have to mine gold and smelt it into coins. You could print it for nothing so that basically you had an incentive to grab power, to seize power because you could print yourself and print your friend's money, make everybody rich. And that, quote, uh, money grants power... But with Bitcoin, power no longer grants money. And that is, uh, that's really cool. Anyway, it's a good read if you follow um, Guy Swan or if you don't follow Guy Swan, you should take a read or listen to his uh, Bitcoin Audible podcast because uh, he really does, um, he puts an interesting take on stuff, but um, but he reads all the best stuff. As he, as he likes to say, he's the guy that's read more about Bitcoin than anyone you know. All right, back to the reason for the day and that is to stack some sats we have already this this will be our uh this will be our 29th stack we've already stacked 28 times we've been stacking a total of uh we've stacked a total of 560 dollars 20 dollars at a time and um we've paid 560 dollars including 12 dollars and 60 cents in fees for 1,134,911 sats which is currently worth about 501 dollars and 97 cents uh, that puts us down, you know, almost $60, including that $12.60 in fees. But that's uh, not as bad as it was last week. Uh, we are, we have lowered our, we had, we have lowered our average cost basis to $49,343.08 after last week's purchase. And that was a, a significant drop because as you know, we've purchased as expensive $65,969 and as cheaply as $36,472. And that is because we are dollar cost averaging. For those of you who are just joining us or have been living under a rock or are new to investing, what is dollar cost averaging? Well, again, this is not financial advice, but dollar cost averaging is generally considered to be an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. We chose $20, which to a lot of people is not very much money, but we wanted to, um, we chose, I chose $20 for two reasons. One, 
it isn't a lot of money for most of my listeners in the United States and Europe. I think my biggest demographics are the United States, Germany, and the United Kingdom. So in those countries, $20 is not a lot of money. Uh, I spent that on the way home this evening, stopping off at 7-Eleven, just grabbing a, a drink and, and some real quick supplies that I was needing to uh, fix dinner that I didn't have time to swing by the grocery store for. So that's pocket change for a lot of people. But in other places around the world, $20 is a lot of money. And the $560 we've put away is certainly a lot of money if you're living in El Salvador or a small village in Africa. That is more than a month's worth of income. So I wanted to demonstrate that by tucking away just $20 a month, we could build a nest egg of Satoshis. And we've only been doing this for a little over six months, but in that short time, I think we've already demonstrated that part of my hypothesis pretty well. Um, you see on Reddit or Twitter all the time, people saying, hey, I want to get in, I want to get started, but I only have like a hundred bucks. Is that too little? Is it even worth my time? And I think we've already shown that even $20 is worth your time as long as you consistently dollar cost average. You keep stacking those sats. Again, not financial advice. Never invest any money that you cannot afford to lose. Certainly don't invest any money you're going to need to survive, money you might need for rent or food. If you're going to need that money in the near term, uh, then you probably should not be investing in Bitcoin. But um, you need to make your own decision, do your own research, as they say. And um, if you decide that dollar cost averaging is a strategy you want to follow, uh, well, you can just listen to us and see how we perform uh, because we're going to keep doing this. Uh, so our our hypothesis will continue. But if you want to pick a, an amount you feel comfortable with, if you feel like you can a dollar cost average more than $20, then that's up to you. You do you. You pick a time frame you feel comfortable with. We're dollar cost averaging every Wednesday. I think that's fairly reasonable. Some people are dollar cost averaging every day. Some people are dollar cost averaging every paycheck, which might be every two weeks for you. That seems to be uh, pretty standard. People get paid every two weeks, but uh, you pick a time frame that is fits you and you pick a dollar amount that fits you and you stick with it. And that's what dollar cost averaging is. And we have, and on the 28 stacks we've made so far, like I said, we bought as we've bought, we bought, well, our first, our first stack back in July was 39,716. And then we bought all the way up to almost the $69,000 high. Uh, we bought on that the Wednesday, the 20th, was our highest purchase, uh, the 20th of October at 65969 And we've subsequently bought all the way down to our lowest purchase of 36472 which was just two weeks ago. Uh, we purchased at 36974 last week, which was only about $500 more, so pretty close to our cheapest purchase. And now Bitcoin's ticking back up, so we're getting ready to purchase today, and in order to do that, as usual, we're going to purchase using the Cash App. Cash App is not a sponsor of the show, but I love it. I love it for multiple reasons. I love it because you can stack sats really easy. They'll automate it for you. You can set up an automatic an automatic DCA where it'll invest the amount you set on the basis, the timeline you tell it to. I don't do that. I like to purchase my Bitcoin. I like to manually hit buy. Um, you know, sometimes I end up running into... Uh, a deadline because I'm sitting on an airplane or in the middle of nowhere traveling and Wednesday's running out of debt and running out of time. So I need to get that stack in and automating it would certainly make that easier. And it definitely takes the stress out of it, but um, I'm stubborn. I like to watch the prices, even though a lot of people advise against watching the prices. And I like to 
manually make my purchase. Plus the fact that I'm doing a podcast about it, you know, I probably ought to purchase while I'm recording. And so that's that's what we do. But Cash App will let you automate that DCA. Cash App also has some really great, really great perks. Like um, if you get their cash card, their debit card, and you use it, they have boosts and often they have a Bitcoin boost. I ran through the drive-thru the other day to pick up a meal for the family and they had a 5% back in Bitcoin boost. So I got um, about $4 worth of sats just for going through the Arby's drive-thru. Neither Cash App or Arby's are a sponsor of this show, but it was cool to get sats for money I was going to spend anyway. Um, and so that's another reason I like Cash App. They are not the cheapest way to stack. They charge about two and a quarter percent fee, but when you're only stacking $20, that's not really a significant amount of money. Um, they're right about in the middle as far as as far as far uh, fees are concerned. You know, like Strike is basically free, although I was playing around with Strike the other day and I noticed there was about a $200 spread. So depending on how much you're purchasing, um, that is the same as charging a fee, obviously. And then obviously they got to make money. Um, and I love Strike. Uh, Coinbase Pro, I think, is about a half a percent, which is pretty darn cheap. If you were going to invest thousands of dollars, you know, obviously that's a lot smarter than paying two and a quarter percent. So pick an app or a service that you like. Cash App is not even available to some of my listeners. So do again, do your own research, find a way to invest that suits you, suits your needs. And, uh, and that is subject to change as well, but we're going to use Cash App. So I'm going to open up Cash App and I, as usual, well, last week I had money on there, but this week, as usual, I do not. And that's another thing I like about Cash App is I'm going to click Add Money and I'm going to add $20. And because I have my debit card linked to Cash, linked to Cash App, boom, it's there. It's just instant, that fast. 20 bucks is in my Cash App account, which they're going to let me spend and withdraw whenever I want. So that's super convenient. Then I'm going to tap on the old Bitcoin logo in the bottom right-hand corner. Tap Buy. Enter $20. And uh, it's going to display our purchase. It's going to be, we're going to purchase 44136 sats at a price of $44,294.91. Click confirm. And voila, just like that, we have another 44,136 sats in our stack. And that's going to continue to bring our, our uh, average cost basis down, which is nice. That's one of the neat things about dollar cost averaging. Our dollar our dollar cost averaging has now dropped our average cost basis to $49,192.27. Obviously, that's more than Bitcoin's currently trading for, but that's $150.81 less than our average price was just before we made that trade. And we currently have a stack that brings our stack up to 1,179,049 sats worth $522.25, which is real money in a lot of places around the world. So uh, we are down, uh, but dollar cost averaging is a long-term strategy. There have been times when we've been way up and there have been times when we've been down further. But again, you should not invest any money you're gonna plan on needing anytime soon. Bitcoin is a long-term play. If you follow people like Adam Meister at TechBald on Twitter or on, on YouTube, Bitcoin Meister, uh, he has the 210,000 block theory, which says if you look at today, and you go backwards in time, 210,000 blocks, Bitcoin will never be more expensive then than it is now. That has always been true throughout Bitcoin's history, and that is his theory. So in theory, if that holds true, four years from now, Bitcoin will be worth significantly more than 
the 44294 we just paid for it. Um, but uh, that remains to be seen. And again, uh, I do not have a crystal ball, nor am I a financial advisor, but that is, uh, that is the theory anyway, at least as, it is, at least as my research has explained it to me. Uh, if Bitcoin does moon, let's say Bitcoin hits that 1 million mark, our 1,179,049 Satoshis will be worth $11,790.49, and that is a heck of a return for $580, so uh, we'll see. I don't intend to sell my Bitcoin ever, but you should not purchase Bitcoin with the expectation of selling it um, soon. Too many people get wrecked trying, trying to trade. That's why I'm testing out DCA. And while we are down, uh, we did not intend to make a short-term profit. So really our, our experiment will not be complete until after the 2024 halving at the earliest. Um, but really, uh, if, you're, if you're young, you should look at, I mean, this, you should look at, you should be thinking at least a 10-year time frame you know, two or three halvings out, who knows what Bitcoin's going to be worth. I believe it's either going to go to the moon or it'll fail. And if it fails, we're out $580. If it goes to the moon, uh, you're going to be really happy that you've stacked those sets. All right. Well, that is a short but sweet take for our DCA Wednesday series. I want to make sure I squeak this one in before it's no longer uh, Wednesday on the East Coast. I know it's no longer Wednesday for you listeners in Europe. Um, but it is still Wednesday here, and it's Wednesday for many more hours, uh, depending where you are in the United States, at least. Um, but once again, thank you for listening, and keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers. <laughs>